It was really hard for me to come to grips with all of the story of my life, but I couldn't be in judgment of any of it. They think they can control us. They can control our minds. They can control what we think and therefore they, they can control our actions. But no one can when you touch your soul, when you return to love. Love is infinite intelligence. Love trumps all of it, right? That's the miracle and they don't realize it and um, they don't get that this infinite higher consciousness that we all are a part of is powerful beyond right. anything that you know so powerful that when you flick on a light in a dark room the light comes on there's no fight to turn the light on but this this planet this wondrous planet that we live on this planet of duality of good and bad right and wrong we are the experiment and uh we are coming out of the experiment. I don't know how quickly we're coming out of it, but we are. And so when I... Welcome to the Inner Sanctum online group sessions with Karen Swain. This recording is some highlights from our two to three hour online sessions where I teach deliberate creation each week and once and sometimes twice a month, we invite a guest teacher to share their wisdom and their work. Enjoy the highlights and if you'd like to join us, please go to karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and sign up. Hello, welcome to the inner sanctum our online group sessions with a very special guest teacher today, Serena Faith Masterson. Welcome, Serena. So fabulous to see you again. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Thank you for having me, Karen. Now, Serena and I had the most mind-blowing conversation. It was August 2020, about just over a year ago. The beautiful Tanya Castillo introduced me to you and uh, in Portugal, and um, we had an amazing conversation on the show, which, which outlined your story in quite some depth, blew me away, because you have this incredible book, I Am Serena, which also outlines it, but I hadn't read it at the time. So I was hearing your story for the first time during the show, which we'll go into a little bit today. But I wanted to discuss today with the group, I really want to talk about healing and what's happening on our planet, because that's really um, a big topic of conversation at the moment. But let me just tell a little bit about, about you for people that haven't seen the show. You were raised in a satanic cult and subjected from infancy to covert mind control experiments aimed at splitting your identity. Serena Faith Masterson developed over 300 unique personalities in a courageous fight to stay sane and alive. And in your 40s, unaware of how different you were to the rest of the world and losing your children to foster care, you were desperate to bring them back home. So you embarked on a program of self-healing. 
Norma Delaney, who is an energy facilitator, still an energy facilitator, even though she's not physically focused at the moment, in partnership with Spirit, helped Serena discover unconditional love for the first time. With Norma's infinite compassion combined with her unbending commitment, she taught Serena how to love herself again unconditionally. Serena's memoir, I Am Serena, is a remarkable and inspiring true story of recovery from dissociative identity disorder. It is an engrossing, sometimes nail-biting account of a 25-year struggle to achieve personality integration and the story a story of triumph serena leads the reader through the counseling sessions with norma her experiences and the profound insights which brought about transformation sharing along the way the compassion and spiritual wisdom that illuminated the light of her soul in the darkness of her life and today serena lives in colorado you're you're not working in the banking industry anymore are you oh i am oh, i are. i have a brand new job i'm a consumer lending officer with a different bank and i'm doing this pretty much almost full time so i'm a very busy person yes okay so you're still working in the banking industry and you're doing healings and teachings uh let's I'm doing primarily speaking right now speaking. yeah because yeah. when we spoke a year ago, uh, Norma was in the middle of her transition back, you know, transition out of the physical, physically focused experience and back to spirit. And during the conversation that we had, uh, she, you know, we were talking about her and she called. Do you remember? And uh, you don't oh, remember. Me. Oh, yes, I do remember her. So she was she was very present in that in that conversation um, energetically and in spirit. But she left when it was on oh, the ninth of May on September 9th, which is an auspicious number nine evolution nine nine on the ninth ninth of the ninth. Yeah. So maybe just for people who don't know your story, could you go a little bit over what you've been through, please? Yes. Yes. So. When I was born in 1955, my parents, my father was the head of a satanic cult, and my parents contracted me to the MK Ultra program. Now, that is a program that was created by the CIA to control a human being through the portal of their mind. They had brought over Nazis who had been involved in the concentration camps and who had done multiple experiments on human beings. And they wanted to learn how to control people. And it affected 2 million Americans and Canadians. I was one of those. And so my journey started when I was three days old. I have vivid memory of being laid out on the grass and not being touched or held or fed because my father wanted to see how I would react. And what he learned was I was a fighter I would fight to stay alive. And every time I would go into unconsciousness, he would kick me and I would wake up and scream. This began a journey of such a nightmare experience that was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and nothing was left untouched, whether it was moving, eating, breathing, every single thing, going to the bathroom. There wasn't anything that was 
an experience of physicality that was not altered because they wanted to control me. It took years for me to realize the extent of the training that I went through. I met Norma Delaney in 1996 after trying 10 years worth of psychiatric work, being in a hospital for eight straight months and not getting very far in my healing process. And Norma Delaney began to teach me how to breathe. You see, I breathed backwards. She taught me how to start to feel my skin, feel my body, which I didn't want to. I hated my body. She taught me how to eat. She taught me how to hear her and not switch because I switched like a revolving door. I had over 300 named personalities. So it's been a very long, long journey. And last year, I did not know when we spoke, Karen, that part of her honoring of my journey was that she was to die in my presence so that I could experience the energy of death in all of its entirety and see that despite the body withering away and becoming so frail, her spirit was so alive. Her eyes were still so alive. And it healed the trauma within me around death. So even after death, she is here, but she doesn't talk to me. Yeshua doesn't talk to me. Kuan Yin doesn't talk to me. They're letting me discover who I am as the master Serena that I am. So it's been a big journey and a very hard one. <laughs> Oh, gosh, absolutely. It's been an incredible journey. And we went into it during the show. And actually, um, you did, at the time that I spoke to you, you did understand that Norma was showing you about death. And we, we spoke about that, um, not at length, but we spoke about that during the show, that um, you were saying that, you know, your worst nightmare was that someone who you, who you identified as your mother and as close to you as breathing was going to leave her physical body. And, and that had been a terrifying thought, but you had to also meet that. You had to also meet that fear with love and understanding and compassion. And she was giving you that opportunity to heal that, the wound of separation, I suppose, because yeah. Plus, the realization of the layers of trauma around death after she passed, the willingness, for instance, on September 8th, I was sitting on the couch and I was crying and she came to me and she said, would you let me go? She came to me from the other side. And I said, of course, mom, of course. And I went to bed that night and I left my body and I went to her body in Southern California and I touched her face and stroked her head and I kissed her and I said, you can go now, mom. And she left while I was there. And it was a very profound experience for me because I was able to let go of her in a way that I didn't know I could, you know? Yeah journey layers upon layers of healing with this energy of death and being alive so yeah and how have you been since then have did you go through a grieving process or did you or did you process it during that time you know 
when her anniversary came up on this in September last month, I was genuinely surprised at the level of grief I felt. Mm-hmm. But I kept breathing and I didn't stay in the surprise because surprise means that you're stuck. Mm-hmm. So I breathe and said, okay, well, this is the truth. So there must still be some energy around it that I hadn't been able to deal with it last year. And that's the thing that I've always really been willing to pay attention to. It's not what I think something should be like. It's how it is. The truth is I was really grieving that she had passed. And so I loved me and breathed with me and it shifted. It just shifted so easily. And that, that was a gift to me. Yes. I went through a a big grieving period. The miracle was that I didn't realize that Tanya was brought in to finish the work that Norma could not finish in physical form. And so I had been feeling since June or July of 2020 that I needed to come into my body more. And I was like, what does that mean? I'm already in my body. But of course, this brilliant wisdom that has led me every breath, every step of the way, shared with me that in order to keep me alive, my body was vibrationally like a piece of wood. No exaggeration, no judgment, just your body is like a piece of wood. So that when I was raped and tortured, the impact of that torture was reduced because the body was actually shut down. Isn't that a brilliant thing that my soul did? You see, I have no scar tissue on my body anywhere. And I've been raped hundreds and hundreds of times. That's amazing. And that is a miracle. And so I started to choose to have my body awaken and Tanya and I worked with it and I shifted the way I ate and I started to move, which was not something I really like to do. And I've lost over 60 pounds in this last year because of changing the way I eat, the way I move, the way I live in a physical body. So I continue to transform. You know, I used to believe there was some kind of destination point, but there, there isn't. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. I think that that's what I'm seeing on planet earth at the moment. And uh, what I'm seeing with the control being ramped up and the ludicrousy that we're going through is that I've seen people in the conscious community that think that they're enlightened and they think that they've healed and they've done all their healing work. And these beautiful, loving, light, you know, peacemaking healers and people have turned into these rageful, angry people that are now at war. We are at war. And I've kind of watched people transform from peace lovers to like fighters. And I had this epiphany the other day after having a show with uh, Sperry Andrews that, you know, what's happening on our planet right now is really digging up all those hidden, distorted places inside our subconscious programming that we have that we haven't seen until 
something like this happens until something extreme happens and yeah. that we're threatened in our freedom is threatened our livelihoods are threatened our you know when life is threatening us then it's really digging up all those places inside us that we haven't looked at like you were saying with the death of norma even though you'd done 20 30 years of healing work there were still pieces of you that needed to be looked at Yes. And you know what the miracle is, is when we fall in love with all of us, the dark and the light parts of us, we don't need to fight if someone else has triggered and gone into fight. We hold real still in the presence of their upset and we allow them their energy and emotion. This is the miracle of what's happening on our planet. You see, there is an intent for mass mind control. It's throughout the world. It is a global intent yes. through the governments. And COVID, my soul was very clear, was man-made. Yep. And this thing of mass and all of these, oh, the vaccine. And I just stay real still. And last year, the bank where I was working at, I've changed banks, was pushing, you got to get the vaccine. You've got to, you've got to. And I just kept getting do nothing, stay still. Just like when I had a fire, I live in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado and we had a fire last year and I got do nothing. Don't pack up your car for that feeds the fear. This is the same thing. When we stay in our core in breath with self-love to take care of us, not to fix the world, but we stay in that breath of ownership and love for ourselves, it's like turning on a light. You know, when you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light, the darkness cannot stay. It has to disappear. The evil in our planet is fighting for its life. It's fighting yeah. because so many of us are awakening. That's the miracle. I'm on Thrive On with Foster Gamble on the 30th. And he has a global internet of waking people up to all these different things that are going on in our planet. And, you know, I just, I know that I don't have to do something, but awaken myself, be all that I am in human form. That has been the motto of my soul since the day I was born. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're spot on. I wanted to touch on the MK Ultra, just a little bit, because in the conscious community or the spiritual community, they don't talk about it too much, but they do talk about it in the UFO um, community. Uh, they talk about the control systems and, um, well, I suppose they do in the conscious community too. And it seems like a fantasy that it can't possibly and this is and this is what i think people are waking up to at the moment on planet earth the people that are in the mainstream narrative listening to the spiritual people talk about like you've just said talk about the the pandemic you know being a plan and being some government you know cooperative operative they just think oh don't be silly that's just crazy they can't they can't wrap their heads around that there could be so much corruption and control happening on our planet but uh there is and you've been a party to it when did you 
first understand consciously that you are a part of that program, a, a programmer. Like, yeah. Consciously. That's a hard word to use in relation to this because I had so many different personalities integrating into the one me. And for the first, oh goodness, I would say good 15 years of work with Norma, after 10 years of psychiatric work, I was really beginning to get the truth that it was real, that it happened to me. The layer, the level of dissociation was so great for me that I did not, first of all, I was not present. I was not a conscious part of this. I was a conglomerate of a huge system of personalities rotating in to do their job. So the consciousness of accepting, not only was I raised in a satanic cult and all of the horrific things that I was seeing before my eyes was real. Then I had to deal with these military men, these CIA men, these men that were so intent, these machines that I was put into and were tortured with, it was real. The layers of dissociation and denial were part of the training for me and the miracle of my soul. So it was a long time before I consciously grasped it's real. And you know, if most, if your life is working for you for the most part, and you're going about life and, oh, I'm getting married. I'm so in love. And, oh, I love my job. You're not going to want to buy into the darkness. Why would you want to? No. So the only reason that anybody really seeks this other out of the box answer is because you've had pain and the typical answers are not working anymore. Just like my, for myself, you know, being in psychiatric care for 10 years, trying to get my boys out of foster care and the hopelessness of it because memory after memory kept coming up, person after person kept appearing out of the blue. And that's when this still small voice within me said, there's something there's something more. And when I opened to that, I met Norma Delaney and see that knock on the door every single person has, but it might not be in this lifetime. It might be in another lifetime, but you see only a small amount of us humans on this planet need to awaken for all of us to awaken. Did you know that? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the miracle of the hundred monkeys. The hundred monkeys. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The hundred monkey. Yeah, that's the um, that's the brilliance of critical mass. Yeah, yeah. My, my guides have said to me, uh, less than five percent need to awaken. But um, in saying that, they said that this is not about waking up to awareness. This is about living that awareness. And yeah. there's a there's a difference. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's why. I am so passionate that nothing gets in the way of becoming all that I can be in human form. And I feel that I'm at the last end of that myself for I'm in a state continually of coming back to this present moment, which believe it or not, Karen, 
and everyone is a very difficult thing for me to stay here in this moment with no story, no plan, period. No plan of what I should be doing in my job or how I need to promote my story. Stay right here. And then my mind goes and I come back here right to this moment, to this breath, to this stillness. Really is a practice and I'm not very good at it yet. <laughs> I don't. Oh, Doug, I think, I think you're better than most, you know, your, your story uh, and what you've done with your life has been huge. You, you haven't just done it for yourself. You've done it for humanity, what you've been through and how you've transformed that and come back to the identity of soul and spirit and your higher self or God or whatever you want to call that, <laughs> you know, rather than being good soul is good love coming back to the identity of love and yeah being this higher consciousness not the small mind consciousness right yeah you know when jesus yeshua i call him yeshua but when he came he told me and norma he said you have cracked the veil on man's unconsciousness it will never return to the same place that it was and I didn't get it at the time. I thought, wow, that's, that's a really big statement. But I also didn't realize the level of work that we had done because we had lived in such a nucleus of such compassionate love and commitment. You know, I didn't see beyond the work that she and I were doing. But now, these few years later, I realized, yes, we did. She was so courageous to make a commitment to me that was before Garrett, before the puppies, before her work with anyone else or her breath work around the world, her commitment was to me. I didn't realize that. And my commitment was to keep showing up and breathing and being real and honest, no matter how hard it was. Her commitment was to you. But I think that on a maybe conscious level or unconscious level, she also knew that that commitment was to mankind, you know, humankind. That, oh, yeah. That the work that you two were doing was so much bigger than just two personalities, just, you know, were well, you being the 300 personalities and her, you know, two people <laughs> and all your, and all your other personalities. How's two, that? Two we'll physical bodies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, does anyone have any questions at this point? Let me just know. But before I answer, I want to invite all of you to take a couple of breaths deep into your core through your nose. Exhale through your nose and settle deep into your body because I want you to hear what I'm going to say from your wisdom so that it can resonate within you. It's not a head answer. So this wonderful planet that we live on is called the great experiment. <laughs> That's what all the light beings call it. For it is the extreme darkness and the extreme light of free will. And we, the human beings on this planet are all in different grade schools of experience. 
Some of us are kindergartners. Some of us are in graduate school. Some of us have graduated and are practicing this wonderful awakened state of consciousness on this planet in physical form. I'm probably in graduate school. I have not fully awakened. Tanya Castillo has fully awakened. But I had to come to great compassion for Hitler and my father, which was a very surprising thing for me. It happened maybe six months ago. You see, we all get to choose every single one of us. And when we come into our lives, we get to choose what we want to do. And yes, we are all light beings, even Hitler. And no, there is no hell. The hell that we experience is this hell of duality, of being stuck in a perpetual circle of PTSD and trauma and the mind chatter of you're not good enough. If you only did this, if you had a love that loved you, you'd feel good and all the mass conscious lies. But you see, a long, long, long time ago, when the Lomorians came to this planet, and I was one of them, we wanted to bring the light to the world and to this planet. Well, the Atlanteans also came to this planet eons later to bring the darkness to this planet, which was also an intent. And you see the Atlanteans also come from this God source. Light and dark, they are the same. They're not, the bad is not bad. That's the thing. It took me so long to come out of judgment of my father was so evil. Now, my soul showed me things that my grandfather did to my father. For instance, he put tooth, he put matches in between my father's toes when he was three years old and lit the matches on fire and let them burn his toes. My father was raised in a satanic cult like I was. The difference between us, I chose to come into this lifetime and awaken to every single thing that I had experienced in every single lifetime up to this point. Now, the Brotherhood of Light, the Archangels, Gabriel, Raphael, Michael, uh, Yeshua, Kuan Yin, Saint Germain, all of them, they said, this is too big of a choice that you're making. And I said, but I understand, but I've been stuck in a perpetual cycle of fear every time I come onto this planet. And I had three lifetimes that were very primary lifetimes that got me stuck. And one was with Yeshua. I walked with him as one of his disciples. And I was not Judas, but I believed that I had failed him. And that failure was creating such an energy of self-hatred within me that from the time he died and all the lifetimes hence, I was stuck. And so I chose to do this drastic awakening. And so Tanya Castillo, Norma Delaney, 
and my birth mother of all things, which I did not know last year, contracted to come into this lifetime to do their part to journey with me. And my birth mother's promise was to keep me alive no matter what. And that required a lot of brutality from her. So no, I do not believe that any one of us is lost to the darkness, goes to hell. But I do believe that those people in this lifetime that are committed to the darkness are absolutely committed to it. But when we get afraid of their darkness and their evil, or we go to judgment, we perpetuate the darkness. It's when we stay in the core of ourselves and we breathe, no matter what is going on, you've got to wear a mask, you got to get a vaccine, and you stay still. I just got an email from my new job. What are you doing about the vaccine? And I said, I do not wish to disclose, and I sent it off. It's not their business. And it's not easy sometimes to stay in this stillness and not go to a quick answer here. It's not. I am the first to tell you. I'll be really honest with you. Three days ago, I had my last cap removed from when I was 15 years old. And it had a lot of energy with it. And my body went through a physical transformation. I was, um, I was ill for the last two days. I couldn't even go to work. My, from my waist down, my stomach, my intestinal tract was raw. My hips, my legs, they ached. But I didn't go to story. I didn't want to understand. I kept breathing and surrendering into my soul for I am choosing to move every drop of the old energy from my body. So does that answer your question, David? In every way, yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh my God, perfect, so beautiful, just incredible. <laughs> thank you, darling, just beautiful. But for me, I had always looked up, when I walked with Yeshua, I was John. So I was there at his crucifixion and it was a nightmare. And I always looked up to him. I adored him. I walked on the water with him. I was always so willing to try whatever he said. But when he began to introduce us to the idea that he was going to leave in a year, because he started to let all of his close followers know, I will not be here in a year. I was just like, no, sorry, no, la, 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 I don't want to hear it. It's about what I did. But you got to realize I was young. I was probably 26 years old when he told me this. And I loved him. I adored him and I looked up to him. So when this lifetime came and they all said to me after mom passed, because I call Norma, she's my mother. And I said, it's time for you to stand on your own two feet and find yourself for you are a master, Serena, Serena Faith. 
You are a master in physical form. You must let go of every shred of identity of you as a victim. So we're going to stay quiet. And I've always said, okay, gulp. <laughs> okay, gulp. But I had to stop looking at Norma and Tanya and Yeshua and the archangels and all of them as being more or better than me. For that's a part of becoming fully realized in human form. No one is more than us. That's what it means to be God in human form. So I infrequently get to message Tanya and she and I talk infrequently and I'm a part of her breath sessions. And she asked me the other day, she said, how close are you to feeling that you are all that it is? And I said, I'm closer than I've ever been, but I'm not all the way there yet. And I'm getting more comfortable with not having them talk to me. I must find my own answers in my own way. Does that answer your question? I want to say to you all, thank you so much again Serena for sharing I'm just loving this I'm just I'm just I'm totally in love with you this cat's jumping all over me as usual I'm I surprised my hasn't showed up <laughs> <laughs> he just he just loves the energy can you see anyway I, I wanted to say to you all that what Serena has said about herself as a walking master is every single person on this call today and every single person that will tune into this conversation, that this is all of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, in truth, it's every human being on the planet, but not every human being on the planet will awaken to that awareness. But you will, and now you have an opportunity to actually live that awareness. So as we go through our spiritual transformation, we start to awaken to who we are as conscious beings, as psychic beings, as beings in touch with our soul or our spirit guides, as now I'm talking to my spirit guides, now I'm channeling my spirit guides. And then, you know, the journey takes us to like being that which we are seeking, being that, div that divinity that we are seeking in our spiritual journey. And, and that's, that's the journey, right, Serena? That's the journey we're all on. Yes. And the realization, you know, when we're told, oh, the God energy is within us, we're all God, we hear it and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't get it. Right. Because we're humans and we've got this finite consciousness. But when we begin to do this soul work that we're all on, and we intentionally invite the soul brilliance into our life, into our bodies, and see, this is where Norma was so powerful with me as she said, ask your soul, ask your soul, do this conscious breath, breathe this soul energy into you. It's your choice to live, Serena. I began to connect with another reality outside of the frantic mind that I had only known my whole life. You know, my mind was layers of chatter and training and rules and trauma and PTSD and memories. And so 
when I would call Norma on the phone in the morning, hysterical, and she'd go, hello. I'd go, because oh. in that brief word, hello, I could hear there's something other than fear. This lady's real. <laughs> I cannot describe to you that experience. It was so profound. And then after years of working with her, begin to experience that other reality within me. So now I'm at a point where I know more than ever before that the stillness is who I am. Not the busyness, not the noise. And so I keep coming back to here because my mind has so many plans. Well, you need to call this person. How are you going to get your book out? How are you going to do? It's like, come back to here. Shh. Shh. Breathe. And in our society, in our world, with all of the technological gadgets, with all of the demands on our time, Oh my God, it's not easy. I don't know if you guys run into that, but between having my full-time job, doing my book thing, having three sons, you know, it's a busy life. Doing things like grocery shopping, bills, <laughs> it's busy. But I make the time to do the breath every day. It's my main priority it's my main focus it has to be really it just has to be at this time on planet earth where we're all being asked we're all being asked to step up and step in you know to find the solutions to this world and to the trauma that we're bumping up against it is an inside job right it's we can't change the politicians and we can't change the world in order to feel uh, you know to touch our soul we have to touch our soul that's 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 the work we're being asked to do yeah and karen right now the level of stress that the world is presenting to us is the biggest it's ever been it is the most intense it's ever been and you know if you don't take the time for your own inner stillness, your own connection, however you find it, you can get lost in this chaos that's out here in the world. And it is discouraging. And if I get it, go into discouragement, I have to come back into the breath, back into trusting. I only see a finite picture of what the truth is. You see, the miracle is that this universe, this spiritual consciousness that is here on this planet and is on the other side is becoming so prevalent and we only see a tiny sliver of it. And if we look at the darkness, we get caught in the darkness. But if we continue to come back within ourselves where the stability is, you know, in my book, it talks about how do you come back into this now moment? And Norma would teach me, do you have a roof over your head? 
look around the room. Is the fear happening right this minute? And I'd go, yes, yes. And she'd go, no, Serena, it happened then. Feel your skin, rub your face, breathe right here and now. This is now. This is where our empowerment is, our strength. And you see, when I say that, I can feel it all through my body. And when I'm busy with my job, I forget. And I have to come back, take a breath. In this brief moment of stillness, can you feel the sweetness of it? Can you feel your toes? Can you feel the aliveness tingle within you? I can. But you see, I had to fall in love with myself and want to be in my body. And that took years. It is a commitment that defies all odds. I wanted to say something about this. That was a bit of an epiphany when I was having a chat with Sperry Andrews on the show. And, and it so illustrates what you've been through. Uh, we were talking about healing work. And that in order to heal the subconscious programming that lives within all of us, it has to arise. It has to, you know, we can't bury yeah. it. We can't bury it under the carpet. We can't run away from it by going on holidays or putting on a funny movie or drinking too much or falling in love with somebody or working too hard or whatever uh, we're trying to do to overcome what we don't want to look at. We have to look at it. It has to arise. And what Sperry said to me was, when we formulate as you went through the training program, because I think we're all going through some form of training program when we come into this world, as we formulate our, our identities are of limitation, let's say, uh, our, our stressful thoughts, as we start to formulate our subconscious programming and believe our stressful thoughts i'm not enough i'm scared i'm frightened i'm unworthy i'm small i'm a victim uh, and push those down into our subconscious mind what we do is we also push down or eliminate our awareness yeah. that that soul's awareness and this is what's so beautifully illustrated with your story because when you were in a personality, when you were demonstrating one personality, that personality wasn't aware of all the other personalities living within you. So like you said so beautifully on the last show, Norma so patiently would speak to you maybe 30 times a day as you would ring her with the same problem but a different personality. And that personality wasn't aware that you just said that five minutes ago. So awareness 
disappeared. Mm. Awareness left you as you started to formulate these personalities and become identified with the personalities based on the stress and the trauma that you had gone through in your life. And as the personality, as the trauma was revisited, as it, as it comes up and is revisited and is met with love and understanding, so awareness returns. Awareness of there's more than one of me living in this body. Awareness of what I'm believing to be true, like awareness starts to return and expand. And eventually that awareness returns to the awareness of who I really am beyond the personality and my stressful thoughts and my beliefs about myself. I'm actually none of that. And I become aware of who I really am. And that's what your story so beautifully illustrates, I think. Well, I'd love to share it in much more greater detail than I've ever been aware of since we spoke last year what I realized was all of us every single person has trauma so a good example is you're three years old and you're racing through the house and you're squealing and screaming in joy and your mother grabs you and goes oh my god just be quiet for five minutes five minutes and that little person that you are goes, <gasps> and in that moment, that piece of energetic experience is pulled out because the child energetically steps back out of the body. And every single one of us have had that happen. For we are this energetic being that lives in a physical body. So our beingness is so much bigger than the body we live in. So in my case, my soul had the brilliance for it was not the small mind. You know, I, I listen to people and they say, oh, your mind was so brilliant. No, it was this higher consciousness. That's the brilliance. And so here I am being brutalized and my soul takes that experience, puts it in a, a container, puts it in the freezer, until I'm ready. Trouble was because I was so brutalized, I my freezer was brimming over and there was no authentic consciousness left. There were all the parts, all the puppets doing their job. I was literally a living robot. So when Norma began to teach me to breathe this soul breath that's in my book, this breath of intent to become alive. What I didn't know was she was saying, Serena, you're bringing in your life force into this dead body, into this unconscious beingness that called you. So, you know, she was so brilliant. You know, I'd be sitting there and my hand would be like this and she'd go, I need to speak to the person who has their finger up. And that person would come forward. You see, I was so controlled. You could go like this and I would switch. Somebody would touch me like this and Veronica would come forward. You could say a word and that person would come forward. To be in that level of robotic existence, there was no authentic living person in my body. And so we all have these aspects of ourselves 
that we need to fall in love with. And so when you overdrink, you overeat, when you run from being uncomfortable, you are running from a part of you that's saying, knock, knock, knock. Would you listen to me, please? I hurt so bad. Please listen to me. Now, for me, I actually saw children. I was It was very vivid to me. But when my one son, he goes, mom, I don't see anybody talking to me. And I go, I understand, sweetie, you're not a multiple personality, but would you breathe with this pain in your hip? Just touch your hip and breathe, invite it to come home. For in falling in love with ourselves, we're saying, I choose to integrate this wounding that's been over here waiting for me to pay attention to it. And see, for most people, being unconscious still works, whether it's alcohol, drugs, overeating, watching too much TV, watching pornography, getting falling in love, whatever it is that fix works. I have no judgment about it because I used them all for many, many years, not pornography. I was in pornography as a child, but, you know, those things worked and Norma would say you love to be numb Serena no I don't she go don't argue with me you love to be numb took years for me to grasp oh that's why I cut my arms with a razor blade and didn't feel a thing because I loved to be numb part of becoming awakened is you need to pay attention to the pain within you so that you can be there for yourself and love yourself. And it's okay to ask me any question you might have. You know, when you were talking about the, your Jamaican woman, that's the beauty of this is when we truly, truly choose to awaken, we always are brought to people in our, our life that are there to help us on our journey there is such a bigger picture than what we see. And this thing that's going on with COVID and the anger, you know, soul is very quiet. And this breath that, that you can read about in my book, you know, is a breath that is so still. And it took me years to be able to do it without itching and going crazy and having such uncomfortableness. But now I can do this breath and drop into a deep stillness within me. Not all the time. There are days my mind just doesn't get quiet, but I don't fight it. I just allow it to chatter on and I keep breathing this breath. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, I would suggest that you read my book for anyone because I've been told that it's a love story. And I've been told it's a textbook. I got to speak last month to a symposium of therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists. And I have to tell you, it was a full circle moment for me from being in a mental hospital for eight months and then being part of a hospital program for over three years and believing they were so much better than me and they knew what to do to help me to sharing with them this breath and the miracle was at the end it was three hours 
And I said to them, I'd love to lead you in breath. Would you be willing to get down on the floor and get as comfortable as possible, prop your legs up and be as comfortable as possible? Everyone but one person climbed down on the floor. Mm. And when I led them in breath, and then I was done, they laid there for three minutes more before they started to wrestle and get up. And it was amazing. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm talking away. I'm muted. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Shirley. Uh, anyone else got any question? I, I wanted to also address that, you know, the work that you're talking about, Serena, the breath work and returning to that broader perspective, that soul's perspective, that unconditionally loving perspective of self is never more important than when we do hit those parts of us that we want to run from. And as we run from them by overeating and drinking too much and going out and jogging or just, you know, as we run, I have a friend that literally runs. <laughs> She's a runner. <laughs> uh, as we run from them, it, they, the messages just get louder until it's so loud that you're in so much intense physical pain that you just can't seem to, you know, you just can't seem to operate because you're in physical pain. But when you do meet your pain, you have to meet it with that understanding, that breath that you're talking about. You know, I do this work often with my clients and with the group, you know, meeting, meeting the emotions and the pain within us and listening to what it's saying to us, like stop trying to rid it, get rid of it, fix it, heal it, overcome it, take a painkiller. But listen to what are, you, what are you saying to me? Yeah. So that's when the work is important, when the pain arises, when the anger arises, when the rage arises, when the frustration arises. That's when the work that you're teaching and that you're doing, that you've done, that's when it's so important, don't you think? Yes, because for me, the tremendous rage that I had, I, I was shocked at how rageful I was. We're talking killer rage. And when I was in shock, when I stepped back energetically, emotionally, when I had judgment, well, I shouldn't be that way, whatever, I had to be willing to sit so still, no matter how uncomfortable it was, and breathe. And many times I would say, soul, I don't have the capacity to do this without your compassion. You must fill me with your compassion. You must fill me with your love, your strength, your, your willingness because there were many times I wanted to run and I did, you know, and Norma would say to me, Serena, I can't do this for you. I'm sorry, you must do it. I can cheer on the sidelines, but you must do the work. And I'd say, okay. And one day was a great gift for me. For me, she was trying to help me see some truth and I didn't want to see it. And I kept saying, no, no, no. She got up and she looked at me and she said, I don't come here to fight with you. She said, I need to go now. And you can do the work. And I was like, 
I was shocked that she was leaving the house. And I was obsessed with making it okay with her. That's all I wanted to do was make it okay with her. But I knew that wasn't the answer. And I kept breathing and saying, soul, show me the way, show me the way. So give me the willingness, the, the passion to do this work for me, not for Norma Delaney, not for anybody else, but for me. You see, at first it was, I was doing the work to get my boys out of foster care and then I got them out of foster care. And then I was doing the work because I loved Norma so much and she was approving of me. And, and finally I had to get to a place where I was doing the work for me. That's the deepest self-love that we can give ourselves when no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how ugly we think it is, we sit still, we breathe, and you know when you're being judgmental towards yourself, God, it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. When my belly started hurting um, Thursday morning around 3 a.m., my first thought was, what's wrong? And I got up and I was like, whoa, whoa. And I kept breathing and I, it wasn't easy. I was really uncomfortable and my legs were aching and my hips were hurting. And it was just like, oh, what is this? And I wasn't getting an answer. You see, I love to get answers from all of them. They'd say, oh, Serena, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And instead, I just stayed without an answer. And I love answers. I just kept breathing and breathing and loving me. And all day Thursday, I slept. It was really weird. But you know what? A body cannot go through the level of trauma that I did. And it not shake me to come out of that kind of trauma to have that toxic energy leave my body. And so by Friday, yesterday afternoon, I started to feel much better. And today I feel much better. I'm not 100%. My intestines are still a little sore. But I know I don't have to figure it out. And that's the miracle. You know, I was asked, I, I'm 66 now. And so I had to go and have a wellness check at a doctor so they could see me while I'm well. Now, I don't go to the doctors, but I said, okay. So I went to the doctors and this was a week ago and the doctor goes, so what do you think about vaccines? I go, no. He goes, well, what about colonoscopies and uh, mammograms? And I go, no. <laughs> and he goes, well, you know, I really think, and I go, and I know you do. And I honor the job that you do to help people. But I don't go to the doctors, but I'm not in pretend because I watched mom get cancer and she didn't know why. And she was doing some bigger purpose. So I'm not in pretend that I may need a doctor someday. So I just said, I just trust that when I'm going to need a doctor, I'll show up. And the guy goes, okay. So... <laughs> I am a little bit odd that way. <laughs> I'm exactly the same as you. <laughs> I don't partake in the allopathic profession. Uh, yeah, I don't partake in the allopathic. I don't, I don't need to. 
at this point. But if I do need to, I will. Like, you know, if I'm in a car accident and I'm in a million pieces, then I'll partake in the allopathic profession. Yeah. Um, has anyone got any uh, any more yeah. questions? And so again, this David fear arose and I was in this panic and fear, just like you were saying with when you were in Norma. I think that's the only time I've experienced it, revisiting a fear that I didn't want to look at. And this beautiful woman that was helping me in the journey work said, you're safe. You're in a room with me. There's nothing to fear. Like, because it is illogical because you're not, there's not a tiger attacking you at the moment, right? But this fear comes up. And you feel like it's happening now. That's the energetic package that I talked about. So these packages follow us around. And when we don't resolve them from this lifetime, the past lifetimes, those packages sit with us. So when I witnessed Yeshua being crucified and both Marys were, I was holding both Marys and I was doing a role. I had already stepped out of my body so deeply and even before that, during the year of him warning us that he was leaving, that it was so traumatic that it took years for me to heal that years. And this thing of past lives is so crucial. You know, I was at work with my dear girlfriend <clears throat> and she said to me, oh, I just don't know what it is. I always have to over-prepare, over-prepare. And I went, oh, it's because in your, your last life, you were on a wagon with your three children in the back and the wagon wheel fell off and you fell down the cliff and you died. And she went, Oh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I realized, Oh, I was a 12 year old boy in the back seat watching this whole thing. You know, birds of a feather, they like to flock together just like Shirley I, I know you in a past life. Now I'm not going to open that door and look at why it's already been healed, but I trust that these things that we all bring in is a part of the integration process. And see, this is what my book is about is integration is the integrating into the greatness of me, this wounded aspect of me which in the beginning I thought were other hu living human beings on the outside. Now I just realized, oh, they're wounded parts of me that need to come home. I don't know if I will ever integrate all of them. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, of course you do. Uh, in this lifetime, it is a lifetime of finishing. I don't know if I'll come back. I probably will because my passion for this awakening on this planet is so big but it's when we can sit in the face of the uncomfortableness the hatred towards ourself you know I used to say I was a piece of shit all the time wow every time I said that to myself I was hitting myself but now I love me and I know I have room to love me even more. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's such a journey of opening and surrender. That's the thing that Tanya has taught me. She said, can you surrender and not try to figure it out anymore? What? <laughs> I've always tried to figure it out. Look at the memories, look at the belief systems, 
well, I'm past that. I don't need to do that anymore. Can I surrender? Trust, trust this infinite brilliance that I truly am. I don't need to have a script when somebody interviews me. I just show up. That's what Norma used to do all the time. She'd show up. That's the beauty of living in the moment. Absolutely. And I think the loving, the loving, the unlovable is the figuring it out. Like the mind says, I have to figure out what to do. And the soul says, just love it. <laughs> just love it. Just accept it. Love it. Love and it's it. so easy. It, the mind says, well, no, that can't work. Right. See, Norma knew that I couldn't love it all those years ago. We had to start where I was at which was her compassion. So she started with, you believe that love is pain. Well, yeah, it is. It is. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Well, Serena, look at who was causing the pain. Oh, oh, so it's not love that's the pain. Wow. That took forever to get, you know, and in my book, I talk about the, the, belief that I'm like this humongous, humongous rubber band ball with all the different parts of me intertwined. And if one rubber band breaks, the whole of me will explode. That's how I used to experience myself. I didn't know what love was. I could barely breathe. I could barely, you know, I, well, I didn't even know what a day was. I switched so much. So Norma had to start where I was. Today, now, miracle of miracles, I can sit still and not try to figure things out. When things are uncomfortable, okay, they're uncomfortable. Breathe. Breathe this compassionate love that Kuan Yin brought into this world, that Norma Delaney brought into this world, that I am choosing to bring to this world. I wanted to just go back to what I was experiencing when the fear was arising because the fear that was arising in me at that time of experiencing the crucifixion going back there. And I want to say to you all that I reckon we were all there. We all are a part of that story, whether you're Jewish or Hindu or whatever, atheist or Christian or Catholic. Uh, I, I think that everyone on this call was a part of that story. That's why maybe Serena Faith is uh, familiar, or maybe that I'm familiar. The, the fear that was arising in that moment where I was in that fear was persecution. And we are revisiting that fear right here, right now. That yeah. fear of thinking outside the mainstream narrative, right? It's, it's something that the spiritual community has lived with, like somebody who says they're psychic, speaks to dead people, channels, you know, angels or aliens or whatever. There's been persecution there all the time. I've lived with persecution my whole life because I've been doing this my whole life. But now the persecution is really ramping up. If you're choosing something different, to what the mainstream narrative is asking you to do for the good of humanity, the persecution has really, like, we are revisiting that persecution, aren't we, Serena? We're, we're right back there in that same place, like when they were crucifying Jesus and they were rounding up his followers as dangerous they're dangerous to the status quo of, of the society 
that we're right back at that story, don't you think? You know, I'm so glad you brought this up. These experiences were so out of touch, but as John, I had walked on water. I had healed the blind. I had done everything that he had done. He had taught me how to use energy without this interference of mind. You see, we can all do it. That's the thing. And so in this lifetime right now, this is where I'm a bit stuck. I am afraid to become all that I am to be able to use my energy in whatever way I'm supposed to. I don't know what way I'm supposed to, but this idea of persecution. So for me to speak like to the therapists and doctors was a biggie. To be on the show next on the 30th on Thrive is a biggie. Yeah. These things, you know, they push at me and I just keep breathing because I'm not supposed to be at the bank forever. It's not what my, my purpose is, you know, and sharing this with you all, the truth of, of being John, which I've never shared either. My sons don't know this, you know, um, I don't share it. You guys are the first, but you know, I I'm tired of hiding the truth of my life. You know, the, the Catholic church makes John a saint. Yeah. He, wasn't a saint. he was a fearful young man. I shouldn't love. Oh my goodness. He was the youngest of, of multiple sons in his family. He was a human being he wasn't a saint yeshua was a human being we're all human beings that's the thing that i'm getting can we transcend these ideas in mass consciousness of what we think jesus was exactly what? i'm having another a, a conversation with a guy on the show called john who was also john and he's putting himself out there as the reincarnation of John. And people would say, well, that's confusing. How can two people be the same person? And then Esther Hicks in the teachings of Abraham tells a story of going to a city. And I can't remember what city in the States it was. And Abraham, her guide said to her, oh, you lived a life, you lived a past life in this city and there's a statue made of you in this city. You'll really enjoy the energy of the city. And she said to her guides, well, who was I? Who was I? And her guide said, well, we're not going to tell you, but when you stand before the statue, you will remember. And so she's there with her daughter and her husband, and all three of them stood before the statue of some politician. I think the city might have been Washington. I'm not sure. I forget the details. And all three of them declared, this was me in a past life. And so she's gone back to Abraham and said, how can all three of us be one person in a past life? And Abraham said, because the soul is infinite and can split itself into infinite aspects. Yes, that's what I got was that that human in this form of John, remember, was so much bigger. Right. So much bigger. So on the other side right now, where Norma and Garrett and all of them are, they are a pool of energy and consciousness. Okay, so I brought in the life of John 
because I am a part of that pool of consciousness. And mom said it so beautifully. Norma said it so beautifully. She said, she said, it's, there's flavors of consciousness on this planet and they're all higher consciousness, but they're different flavors, just like ice cream, right? (laughs) One flavor and Christianity, Yeshua is another flavor. Kuan Yin is that flavor, but she's also Buddha flavor. So, you know, but it's all light flavor. Do you get what I'm saying? It's all the flavor of light. And so I, you know, they tried to explain to me, yes, you were John and your purpose is to bring this lifetime into your body so you can be done with being stuck. But this soul energy splits into multiple you know, it, absolutely. It, it's too big for us to co- conceptualize. Yeah. But I just, you know, I just trust, I know I, I had to work through the crucifixion. I had to work through the memory of yelling at Yeshua. I was so angry at him. Of course it's not in the Bible, but yelling and screaming at him in front of all these people and saying, you can't die. You can't leave us, you know, and, and huffing off and, falling in love with that part of me saying it's time to come home no more judgment and do you think Norma was an aspect of Christ um she was there she was Mary oh okay she was Mary because interesting because again you've repeated I'm getting to these questions I'm gonna get to these questions you you repeated that same story again in this lifetime that someone that you look up to and admire and love had, was leaving her her body and, and then you had to go through that trauma of feeling that separation um okay so michelle says work um, driving i mean two weeks ago i was driving down the street and this lady literally pulled out in front of me and i went <gasps> no i mean it scared the crap out of me i missed her by maybe a foot and i was it's okay serena breathe and i was talking out loud to myself breathe come back into my body and I'm breathing as I'm driving to my job. And I was like, okay. And I stopped the car and I breathe. You know, it's in the middle of when I'm talking here, or I was talking to the therapist and psychiatrist, and I could feel my body start to go like this. And I was channeling so much energy. And I was like, okay, wiggle my toes. Breathe. It's okay. Breathe. And I was calming all of me in this moment it's always choosing to be the authentic self whatever that is in the moment because you know what our minds have these idea oh this is what spiritual is (laughs) (laughs) and you know when you read my book and what you realize is I was a very little emotionally uh, immature child And the first time that I went with Norma to get chai tea and I stood behind her. Now I idolized her and maybe I'd been working with her maybe a year and I stood behind her and her hair was all messy in the back. And I went, oh my God. And I freaked out and I didn't say a word, but I started to like, just was going to switch. And she said, Serena, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing. She goes, you can tell me anything. I can't tell you here. And so she took me back to the house. She goes, what's wrong? And I said, 
your hair is messy in the back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why is that a problem? Because, because you're so perfect. Why can, why is your hair messy? And I mean, I was serious. She goes, because I'm a human being and I have messy hair and I go to the bathroom and I sleep and I'm like, what? She goes, you don't want me to be human. And I go, no, you're not human. And she goes, but I am Serena. And see, that was the biggest gift she gave me is she showed me how human she was, how real she was in every moment. But she was never, she never left the stillness until after Garrett left. You see, when Garrett passed, a great portion of her passed. And with that, she began to become more a fearful, real human, not just this embodied Kuan Yin stillness. And it was the greatest gift for me to see that it was okay that she got afraid because I loved her. And I sat with her and I breathed with her. And this was even before I knew she was ill. And it was like, could I just accept where she's at? I didn't have to understand. But you see, her energy was leaving so that she could create death in her body for me. Yeah. When we let go of these ideas that the church has taught us of what we should be, and we let ourselves experience it in this now, it allows us to relax, take a breath, you know, be genuine, be real, you know, um, it's, it's a great gift. And I think that, you know, Sai Baba like Norma and people were pissed at me when I was at the end, when they, I said to him, yeah, she, she did this because of her love for me. It was like, no, she couldn't have had cancer. And it's like, and see, so I know because I was that little girl looking at her messy hair going, ah, and I mean, I got to live with Norman Garrett for a total of about a month, two weeks in two different experiences. And um, that experience showed me how real she was as a person and let go of the ideas of the mind because they're lies. They're parts of mass consciousness. You know, a Jesus was very real. He had cracked and bleeding feet at times. His feet were dirty. He had body odor. I mean, you know, I mean, he was a living human being. We all are. Exactly. We all are. It was really hard for me to come to grips with all of the story of my life but I couldn't be in judgment of any of it. They think they, they, who are they? The, the agenda, the, the controlling elite, whatever you want to call it, the cabal. They think they can con control us. They can control our minds. They can control what we think and therefore they, they can control our actions. But no one can when you touch your soul when you return to love, love is infinite intelligence, love trumps all of it, right? 
that's the miracle and they don't realize it and um they don't get that this infinite higher consciousness that we all are a part of is powerful beyond right. anything that you know so powerful that when you flick on a light in a dark room the light comes on there's no fight to turn the light on but this this planet this wondrous planet that we live on this planet of duality of good and bad right and wrong we are the experiment and uh we are coming out of the experiment i don't know how quickly we're coming out of it but we are and so when i hear about global warming and covid and all these gruesome things i come back to me and i take a breath and you see i don't watch the news because it's fear oriented i don't like it i just come back and say i trust now i trust that there is a bigger picture than what i know of yeah and then i surrender into my breath into me into this arms of my soul my brilliant soul that I am. Right, Norma could stand and lead a whole 400 people in breath and people would swear that she had come over and touched them. Well, right. her body, and I've got a picture of Norma looking at Garrett like this and her energy is coming at him this way and there's an actual photograph of her face looking at him this way even though her physical face is looking at him this way. It is the best picture I have of her because that's the love that she was giving me every day. <laughs> yeah. She was just coming toward me with her energy and her love. And, yeah. and, this is, and this is something we can all do. As When we think about people, and this is what I say to people, we've been trained to worry about people and then we've been trained to call that love. So as I think about you and I worry about what can happen to you and I visualize you uh, getting into trouble and, you know, we're actually sending that message into the matrix. We're sending, but as we think about people, even when they're dripping with their pain and their illness and their worry, as we see them illuminated and see them in their mastery, we're sending that message that we're, we're sending that energy out like, yeah, this this understanding of how we can realize what right. powerful creators we are. Right. We really, I and I say that compassionately towards myself because I don't realize the powerful creator I am yet. I know it more than I've ever known it. But you know, like people say to me, Serena, your book—it's so profound. How did you know to write it like this? Blah blah blah. And I, mm -hmm. I didn't. I just sat at the computer and typed, you know, the brilliance is so much more than us. And that, you know, when I realized that the soul is wrapped around me, through me, with me all the time, I am never alone. What a comfort that is. Mm -hmm. It's the illusion that I am alone. That is what propels us to be afraid. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Darling one, thank you. Thank you so much. It's wow. been such an honor. It's been just such an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Serena. Thanks, Serena. Love you. Love you all.
Can't wait to read the book. (laughs) All right. Bye. Big love. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.